0: You're not going to hire a transaction corner that cannot add or subtract and doesn't know how yeah. to, you know. You you need I, to really dig deep to find the right person. I, Laura
1: Lynn, I I think this is what we do really well. By the way, I do too. Um, you know, and part of this because we screwed it up a lot.
0: Oh yeah, failing forward is like my specialty.
1: You know, like I mean, <laughs> some of these early guinea pigs, like. <laughs> It's amazing they still like us. I know. <laughs> well, we're nice. Well, now they're millionaires. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome to another episode of the Contacts to Contracts podcast. Again, I'm Brian Lovell here with Mr. John Jones, and we have back for round two, Miss Laura Lynn Ball. Thanks for joining us again. I have
0: the same outfit on.
1: Yes, yeah, so did John and I. That, that, that's I because done we. Did, a quick that's because we didn't let you leave. So I did, just
0: thought about that. So that's like such a faux pas. So did John and I.
1: Listen, normally if you wouldn't have pointed it out, nobody would have noticed. But now everybody's going to go back and watch all the videos we've ever done. That's and right. See and figure <laughs> out like that. John and I recorded five in one day. It's that's right. different
0: for guys. It's totally different. You guys could just change a tie or something, and it's different. Like, this is, like, you were just say wow, she wore that dress twice for the same thing. That's crazy. It's well, well, I mean, the same day. I've that. never Let, seen you wear see who the picks same dress this, twice. Right, so. right. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's paying attention? <laughs>
2: you look good in polka dots, yeah, by the way. It's
0: as my son would say, you know, he thinks I... Just shop at Nordstroms all the time, and that that's was why my he job. got. That's why he
1: got into the mortgage business. <laughs> that's yeah. what he says. Smart kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's smart kid. Smart kid. So, listen. The last time we had Laura Lynn with us, we talked about specifically her origination career, and you know, obviously, it started there. But today, um, you know, you're running a big business, uh, part of a, a pretty decent sized lender, and the, and the head of sales. And I'll say one of the things that I said before, like one of my favorite people in the world in this business, I don't know of anybody who understands both sides of it um, the way that Laura Lynn does. Meaning understands sales and the operations side. 100%. Like, you When she calls me and like, wants to talk about the pipeline, I'm like... I lose it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't, like.
2: that anyway, that's a
1: growth opportunity for me. So, um, you know, Lauren, I just figured we'd talk a little bit about, you know, you started off as an originator, at some point you made the decision to open your own business and then ultimately at some point, you chose to close that business and and align with a different company. Can you just walk us through a little bit of that journey?
0: Yes, so um, I never wanted to own my own business. (laughs) I mean.
1: Kind of fell in your lap, right?
2: I mean, mean, the
0: owner of the company, I had mentioned him before. um, Tom Mills was an amazing man, had an amazing office, number one in Florida, number four in the nation. He passed away unexpectedly Mm -hmm. at 56 and did not have anything in place. And all of the agents, the thousand that we had, were leaving and going to other companies. Mm And so I kinda saw the ship sinking and I stayed as long as I possibly could. And then I started to interview to go to work for other brokers and I just couldn't find anybody that I just had a real peace about and that kinda was like-minded. And so I had an opportunity with a friend to, he said, I'll handle all of the business side of it and you just do the work side of it and I opened Tri-County Mortgage with him. It was fun. (laughs) It was uh, an amazingly tremendous learning experience. We did very well for about four years, and then the business completely turned. And I put my family at risk. I I was literally paying everybody with credit cards and loans just to keep us together. Mm -hmm. And I just you know, I remember the day my husband looked at me and said, you're gonna you're gonna bankrupt us, aren't you?" And I was like, "You know, i I, I don't know what else to do." And long story short, we got it back to where it was good, mm-hmm. and we were doing well. And um, I just wholesale lenders were not loaning. They were shutting overnight. And if they weren't shutting, they didn't have the funding. So we would be in line to fund loans and I couldn't give the real estate agents the service that we needed to give mm-hmm. and we're used to giving. So I kind of raised the red flag as a broker and said, I, I've got to find a lender to align myself with. And um, hindsight 2020, I had no idea what I did. I didn't know the contracts that I signed. <laughs> I didn't know the liability that would come from some of these loans that we made. And I know that probably, you know, I'm saying- You're talking from
1: the broker side. Yeah,
0: that I was dumb or naive, but trust me when I tell you, there's a lot of naive brokers. There's a lot of people out there that are awesome loan officers that have no business owning their own business and or no experience or true support. Mm -hmm. So, We, and Brian, you were with me at the time, were looking for lenders to align ourselves with and we ended up choosing a company out of uh, Utah, flew out there, was gonna join, and someone said, would you meet Tom Van Dyke? He happens to be in Clearwater. Fast forward, I met Tom and I was just like, wow, like this guy is a salesman at heart. (laughs) And even though they were small and I had never heard of them before, I just felt like we could really, Make a difference. Like it was going to be some place that we could really, you know, grow. And and I say like minded again because you should never go into business with someone that you are not like minded with. So we ended up going to work with Tom. I had a we had a branch. I had a small branch doing about twenty five units a month, and um, the transition was I, it really wasn't hard <laughs> because. If you remember, when we were brokering, we were sending most of our loans to the same people. Yeah, we were And the same it was because owners, yeah. they could close them. It had yep, nothing yep. to do with rate, or it was service and relationship again, where we just had a relationship with our own team. And it was uh, night and day, the ability to give the service that we could we needed to give to the agents. It was such a freedom of, wow, now we can really go out and really close loans.
1: Well, I think there was some other things too. I remember that time, and then there were some other reasons you were looking at, like the world. The world of lending was changing, John. If you remember too, like, you know, she's talking about you. What what year did you open Tri County?
0: Two thousand six.
1: So, open Tri County in two thousand six. By two thousand seven, the world, the real estate world, is falling down around us, right? And two thousand eight. Yeah, two thousand, and then. After mm-hmm. that, because you didn't you didn't close down Tri County and, and open a branch until the middle of two thousand ten. By then the market was starting to improve. Mm-hmm. But you were still like, hey, I don't really want to be in this broker thing anymore. Other than the service we were able to provide to agents by having control of in house, were there some other things that made you feel like, hey, maybe I should get a little bit of leverage, a little bit of help?
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I was HR, I was legal, I was accounting, I was you know, training, you know, recruiting. It was just, you know, I was everything and still trying to bring in loans to keep us afloat. So I just realized that you can you really I hate to say the pun, but you can do one thing really well. Yes. And I was doing 27 things yep. half, but if mm-hmm. you will. So I just I was tired
1: yeah and at that time, too, maybe not in two thousand and ten, but you were still the primary producer um, of the of the branch too. Mm-hmm. you know, And so, yeah, to your point, to all of those things, and by the way, to keep the doors open, you still had to be out there, you know, crushing crushing loans. Mm-hmm. You
0: hear the saying, you know be quick, quick to fire, slow to hire you need to look at yourself when it comes to that too. Like mm-hmm. there's things that you I should have fired myself from a long time ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? It should have been much quicker. Yeah. And, you know, I don't I don't have any regrets because mm-hmm. I learned a lot, you know, and I um I've got amazing friends through it, but I yeah, it wasn't it wasn't good. Yeah. For, and I was broker till you die. I mean yeah. There mm-hmm. I was never gonna be a banker.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in, in 2010 you made the choice you opened your own branch, came to came to Van Dyke Mortgage, and you mentioned probably twenty five units a month or so. But then it started to take off.
0: Yeah, because what doing this change did was provided a platform with no vices. Like it was sell. Originate, you know what I mean, and and we already had the processors with us for our branch, and it was just how do we get into more relationships and do more loans, and so the focus became one thing, and that was that thing.
1: Mm-hmm. So how you know eventually, and I don't remember when it was exactly, but I, I think like the best month we ever had was somewhere around two hundred and eighty five ish units. Yeah, I um, never made it to three hundred as a branch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We well, tried. We went on to other things, uh, but uh, you know, about two hundred and eighty-five units. But at some point, you got out of production, and you started making some decisions that needed to be made if we were going to go to the next level. Mm-hmm. Can you walk a little bit through sure. like what you were thinking at the time and?
0: Well, Tom Van Dyke was a huge input on this because you know Tom used to point out to me things like you know, he's got his name on every 1003, but you know, he's he's just got a lot of hands. Mm-hmm. So that really spoke to me, and the fact that my pleasure was more pouring into people and the people that worked for me, I, like I said, I had sometimes more belief in their them than they had in themselves, so I really found that I needed to focus on that one thing more, and operations, identify who could really run that with that I trusted and that was like-minded and
1: mm-hmm.
0: so it was really just to focus to have a more narrow focus on what we our growth strategies were.
1: Yep. So at that at, at some point you made a decision like hey if if we're going to run an operation where we have operations as part of the branch uh, obviously sales is the driver of the catalyst you had to separate the two. Yep um that was fun by the way <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah you guys were i had to keep everybody in their lanes it was very important because it's just this natural growth pattern right and it's hard to decide when to do that but it's i feel like it's when you just feel like you've lost control when you feel like there's not enough hours in the day to do it all you have to pick a lane and you have to focus. So at the time, I actually think I picked ops and sales at the same time.
1: It was right around the, uh, right yeah, around the time. Yeah,
0: I mean, I we chose Rich Passanante to run ops and you to run sales for our branch. And it was just, and again, Tom was a huge catalyst and advocate of helping every step of the way, but that made it be, I could give all of me to both of you Mm -hmm. and then you guys could give yourselves to them and everybody got more everybody got more of the best of what we had to give
1: so let me let me paint the picture a little bit the there's a lot of loan originators or branch managers in whatever model or company that they're at across the country and a lot of them have desires to grow a big business like you did um but also like the first move they always want to go to is, hey, I should get like my own processing or you know what whatever that leverage is on the operation side and I think the challenge therein lies like, hey, if you're really great at being the rainmaker or the producer, how are you gonna keep your eye on that because that's what keeps the doors open. Mm-hmm. Do you now also want to be the processing manager mm-hmm. so like where that, at some point, that has to be made, but like, wh- that decision has to be made. But like, where is that in the scheme of things?
0: Well, we laugh because, and Tom and I talk about this all the time. What comes first, the chicken or the egg? Is it the sale or the processing of the sale? You need both. Mm-hmm. You absolutely 100% need both to be successful. So I think, you know, for where it came from for me is again, identifying that I was too spread too thin, I was not giving my best to anybody mm-hmm. and needing to find someone that could handle that those parts of it. Mm-hmm. But you know, I see it all the time and I know it happens throughout our industry where you think you want to manage processing and you can originate because, you know, it just makes more sense, but what ends up happening is you spend more time on the thing you're not really good at. Yeah. <laughs> and then you notice that the people that you're leading don't really trust you or have respect for you because you don't really know what you're talking about or you're not really great at it. So then they lose that focus. So (laughs) it is really a domino. And that's why I like centralized processing processing and things like that because I don't want, I don't think as a salesperson, you need to be worried about that. I think you need to be worried about Where's my next relationship? Where's my next transaction coming from? The rest will work on itself with systems and models put in place over here. And I mean, gosh, like when we were a branch, at one time it was marketing, it was sales, it was processing, it was every single step of it, which is what I wanted to get out of as a broker. Mm -hmm. So I had to identify the people to take us to that next level. We have a pretty good imprint, I believe, in when to grow your team. Yes. But there are a lot of branches on the precipice of, you know, 50, 60 loans a month where they need to sit back and really plan and strategically look at... Who's going to be my ops person and who's going to be helping me with sales mm-hmm. and we see we see in our business, our company several that are right there now making yeah. those decisions, and I know out in the workforce there's tons of people that are at that point, yeah
1: so I'll be honest, it took me a while to catch your vision, right, and so we battled a little bit a little bit and um, you know because I as the sales guy, I also kind of wanted to be. In charge of the ops piece, <laughs> and you know we have a guy much more capable. By the way, who was in charge? But and, and by the way, he didn't want my job. <laughs> you, you know, but I was constantly getting in his lane,
0: which is common.
1: Yeah, and I remember her and I at dinner one night. We were in an event. I think we were in Orlando. We were at an event, and um, I kept answering the phone and excusing myself to. And, and it was loan officers calling me, and every time I would come back, she goes, "Who was that?" And I would tell her what they want, and it would be something ops based and I, she held her tongue for about three calls <laughs> and then she was like, this is ridiculous, you know? And that was when we had a pretty frank conversation about what my role was and it wasn't that, right? And so for me, truthfully, like when I finally accepted it and, and, and part of it was like, I, didn't, I felt like if the LOs couldn't come to me with their solutions valuable. for things that I wasn't valuable to yeah. them. You know, and I remember that was the battle we were always having. But at, at some point, I accepted that, hey, this is the way it was. And that's probably like me coming to that conclusion was probably what really helped us start moving on to the next level.
0: We see that battle every, every day. week, every day. <laughs> it still but happens. It's true. It just because, I mean, we, when we recruit, recruit to the fact that we have systems and models that will help make you be a success if you want it, right? So why don't we trust those systems and models? Mm-hmm. That's something that I'm always dealing with with some of the regionals too is like, if you answer that question, you own it. And I'm I'm always telling loan officers too, just let's take the appraisal part of the transaction. Mm-hmm. If you get into the appraisal part of it, you now own the problem where mm-hmm. you're not an appraiser, right? You know what I mean? You know nothing about the market, so you need to give that back to who does. And it's hard to do because, number one, it's total trust. I mean, we've done team building things where you fall back into, you got to trust your ops people. Totally. Mm-hmm. And that takes time and vice versa. I mean, they've got to trust. You. I mean, we just had a call this morning with Ops and you guys to mm-hmm. say, look, you're, you are the leadership of the organization. You need to trust each other and be able to give each other w- the problems. But if you take them, they're gonna give them to you.
1: Mm-hmm. You don't, 100%. you're gonna own them.
0: You know, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and why? <laughs> you have enough on your plate, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. So it was hard. It's hard for me. I mean, it's still hard for me not to want to actually get in and fix every single little thing. But, you know, surrounding yourself with great people and trusting them. And I see it with originators all the time when we talk about this. They're going to fail. You're going to build your team and people on your team are going to make mistakes. It It is going to happen.
1: And you're probably gonna turn a lot of them over. And you right. are,
0: but here's the thing, nobody's gonna die. I mean, 35 years or 36 years, and I haven't had one person die because of a mistake I made on a mortgage. And it's gonna be okay. And to, Brian Forster will tell you, I always say, it always works out. It always works out. <laughs> but I still go back to you have to be slow to hire and quick to fire. And in the business, the last year where it was the bus- busiest year we've ever had in 2020, I watched people putting bodies. I just need somebody, and that's yep. such a mistake. I think
1: John and I have been having. We've been having this conversation a lot. We've been talking about the difference between um, dealing with the symptoms instead of dealing with the problem. We tend Western Lynn, medicine. <laughs> yeah, we, we tend to want to fix the symptoms. Like, hey, by doing this, by making that higher. You said by throwing a body at it. I've dealt with the symptom, but you've never really dealt with the problem.
0: And how many times did we sit down in a conference room and map out a different plan? Mm -hmm. Like, as you grow, the plan totally changes and you have Mm -hmm. to be willing. You know, another thing Tom had said to me is, I'm telling you what, doing 100 loans is gonna be a lot easier than it was doing 25. Well, it is, but it isn't. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to be willing to accept this model may not be my tried and true through ever. I might have to change well, it up. <laughs> that is the
1: reality. Is you know when you get to a certain level of business, you're going to have to retool your systems and models to break through the next ceiling. And he was right. When we got to a hundred, it got way easier to get to two hundred. Yeah. Getting from twenty five to a hundred was a straight up grind. Mm-hmm. You, you know, um, but I think too to that point, at a hundred, we had a sales department and an ops department. And I think not long after we got to 100, like I was no longer also marketing. Mm -hmm. Somebody else came in and took over marketing, but in the beginning I was sales and marketing.
0: But one thing I think that we did really well was everybody knew each other's job. Like you always see me sitting down with processors and ops people and going through the, have you ever bought a house before? What did it feel like? You know, and and talking about like the, what everybody goes through, you know, explaining to them the loan originator doesn't get a paycheck every two weeks. You do. What happens when a transaction falls apart? What happens when we don't close loans on time with elated customers? You know, everybody, like you respected ops, marketing, and, and you each had a good understanding of what each other's roles were so that we could provide, you know, present as an organized front, unified front, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I think that was really important, too. I loved that, again, what I missed as a broker and what we have now is is leadership, true people bringing leadership and ideas on ways to grow and things like that together, and Mm -hmm. you need that. I mean, coaching is important, Mm -hmm. super important. Yeah,
2: and I think, too, I mean, this, This business, just jumping in real quick to coaching, absolutely, this is a mental grind. Yeah. I mean, this, this puts you like, n- never mind the roller coaster of loans coming and going, right? But just mentally, it's an up and down. If you do have a tough transaction, mentally, it gets you frustrated. Oh, dude, it'll cripple you. Exactly. You collapse, yeah. um, you know, and you, you talked about trust the system too. It's like, just go out and get more loans, right? Stop watching it sit there for a day. Somebody's going to get to it. Trust that the process. is yes. You know, go gather the conditions. Stop looking at it. Nothing's happening. Yes. I mean, go and get more loans and learn to trust the system. Trust
0: sure. the process. That's a big one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's that's the hard part is trusting the process, because it, when you first do it, you're doing it without a net. You know, eventually you realize, hey, we might mess up here or there, or you know, like you said, like, hey, listen, nobody's going to die from this. Like, we always figure it out. But it's eventually you realize that there is a net there, right? And and when you go out there and you operate as if there is one, is like dude, you can really take off. Yes.
0: I mean, trust is a huge, huge part of all of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, and you think about it. I don't take a complaint any lighter that there's one or there's a hundred. It's mm-hmm. still an, a complaint or an issue that I need to deal with. But if you take a step back and you think it's less than one percent of what we do, you know, it just happens to be that's my job to do that. So, I mean, it's it's definitely whatever system you're in. It's trusting it, believing in it. I mean, I tell you guys all the time, I believe in every fiber of my being that this is the way it's supposed to be, and. I need you to feel the same way or don't sell it. I mean, just don't. How could you sell it if you don't believe it?
1: Yeah, Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, Laura Lynn, the the business is changing a little bit. Obviously, you've seen it change over the years. And I got two questions. One is like, where do you see the future of the mortgage industry going?
0: I mean, you know, I've sat back with the threat for years that technology was gonna take our place. And it's just like I decided long ago it's never going to happen because I know the value that I bring to the table. So, and I also know that no computer, no artificial intelligence is going to be able to sit there and analyze every single loan is different. Mm -hmm. Every single loan, every consumer they're spending habits, they're saving habits, it's different. So take that off the table that you're worried that technology is going to take over our lives. I think it's funny that the same darn thing that we've been talking about and preaching for years is still the same darn thing you have to do and that's work your whole day and should be focused on relationships. That's as a loan originator, wherever you are, your entire day should be focused on relationships, be it with the real estate partners, the borrowers, networking groups, whatever that is, that's what it needs to be. I mean, we are in a time right now where affordability is at an all time high. That is going to change. <laughs> I mean, it has to change. Subscribe to Barry Habib, you're going to see it's cyclical. So we are coming into a change. I mean, last year you didn't need to do anything and you would get refis and you know purchases and it's just it's not going to continue to be that way so you have to focus on the business Mm -hmm. and not in the business if you focus on it you're going to be a success and i think building a team is the absolute answer to long-term success because you need to look at it like a business
2: yeah I mean, talking about building a team, though. What's the, I mean, that first hire for a lot of LOs that are, that are at that breaking point where they feel overwhelmed, right? Usually, mm-hmm. that's typically the five, six, seven units. Yeah, they're getting frustrated and they 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 want to just throw a body at it. I mean, you you always mention that you're going to work twice as hard for the first ninety days when you bring or take on that new person. Talk a little bit about about that and, and how much you have to pour in as you did with Justin Kelly early on. Uh, while still going out and doing what you have to do. I you're going to go
0: backwards to go forward to a point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have to a have a plan because if you just hire somebody and and you sit them there just to watch you, I mean that that's totally defeating on everybody's part, but you have to have a plan but know that your job is going to be pouring into that for a period of time and you're gonna spend money on that and you may go a little bit backwards Mm -hmm. to go farther, much farther in the future. So, I mean, I believe your first hire should be a transaction coordinator and I feel that that happens right around six consistently, not one month, but six months. (laughs) And I think that your first hire is a transaction coordinator. And then if you have a good one and you've, set them up for success, that's an attraction to add to your team. Otherwise, what, do you, what is a team, why is someone gonna join your team? You know what I mean? It's for your yeah. systems and models, and that system and model, that transaction coordinator is your right hand and yes. sometimes your right and yep. left. So yes. I think that's the first hire. And you know, give yourself enough time with each of those people, but use tools to identify if they're even the right person. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not gonna hire a transaction coordinator that cannot add or subtract, and doesn't know how yeah. to you know you you need I, to really dig deep to find the right person. I, Laura
1: Lynn, I I think this is what we do really well by the way. I do too. Um you know, and part of this cuz we screwed it up a lot.
0: Oh yeah. Failing forward is like my specialty.
1: You know, like I mean <laughs> some of these early guinea pigs like <laughs> It's amazing they still like us. I know. <laughs> well, we're nice. Well, now they're millionaires. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: we do it really nicely, and we don't always just let it into that. That was an epic fail. Don't
1: <laughs> but I, I do think that's that's why we we do it really well now is we messed it up a bunch.
0: I think don't you know don't get discouraged. You know you have to put in the work, and I also. I also will say that some of you in the mortgage world right now are making more money than you ever dreamed of. Mm -hmm. Know that you need to be smart and you need to save and you need to live within your means or below your means because this business will ebb and flow and you don't want to be a statistic like the mortgage industry was in 2009, 2010, where people had foreclosures and bankruptcies and things there's no reason for that if you truly plan and you run your business accordingly just like any business you should save so much you should have so much for expenses and you should be really careful and diligent in how you respond to that and that scares me I mean because of course I love everyone that I work with and I just don't want them to get in trouble, you know, and and having been there before, it's like you just want to take them and say, you know, make sure you're doing this right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that's worth talking about. We'll kind of maybe close here, but there's a shift coming, right, in in the business that we're in right now. And, you know, Lorlin, you've been through this shift before, not just as a producer, but also as a branch manager. What are some of the key things that people need to be top of mind about in a shifting market to get them through the the change?
0: So first and foremost, don't stop marketing. Don't stop putting money into marketing. That's one of the biggest mistakes that I see people make is, I'm gonna pull back on my marketing because the business is pulling back. No, this is when you go all in. So if you're spending money on marketing, you keep spending money on marketing, and that should be budgeted for you to keep doing. And secondly, focus on your one thing. You're not going to be able to process, underwrite, close your loans and originate them just because you, need to, you feel like you need to get rid of dead weight. Focus on your one thing. If it's sales, focus on relationships and just keep doing that, and you're going to be fine. I made the mistake of not doing refis during Mm -hmm. the first refi boom. I mean, which Tom points out to me all the mm-hmm. time, because I was so focused on purchases. Yep. It worked out well for me because when the market turned back around and purchases were there, I, I never missed a beat. Mm-hmm. But you know, a lot of originators focused solely on refinances last year and year to date, and you're gonna be shocked if you don't get a plan in place mm-hmm. to get your purchase business Like back. now.
2: I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, like it's right only, actually it it's probably it's, late. It's probably late. And you
0: know, we talked about rookies in the business we see so many successful because they're willing to do all the things that we aren't, mm-hmm. and that is what you got to be willing to do all the things that the others aren't, and that means getting belly to belly, whether you got to wear a mask or not, and getting out there and really, you know, t- letting everybody know what you do, selling. Yeah, the yourself.
2: one the ones that are doing that that have already started doing it four, five, six months ago, those are the ones that are going to get market mm-hmm. share when this all washes out. Yep. You know, in the next twelve months, we'll have will have some, some teams. Um, that are gonna take it from, you know, top 10% to top 5% mm-hmm. or maybe even higher because others will do exactly what Laura Lynn said and and, and pull back. And it's I have human one more nature. Thing. I mean, I've been in it and I know the pullback because yeah. I went through it myself. Yeah. Um. And it is an easy reaction to say, hey, I can cut cost here. That's gotta go. I'm gonna stop spending or advertising doing this. Mm-hmm. Um. It's just, it's human nature. So you, to your point, you've gotta go all in right now.
0: And another thing, Don't try to be the jack of all trades. I see now mortgage companies trying to get realtors to do loan apps and get paid. If you, be good at what you're good at. (laughs) I am not a real estate agent. Good lord, how would you have
2: time to do Why
0: in the world would you wanna be a loan officer? If you focus all of your time being the best real estate agent or the best loan officer, that's what's gonna do it. I don't dilute your talent Mm -hmm. and don't try to become the jack of all trades either it by real estate and loans, or loans and processing. Just stay the course and it will pay off.
1: 100%. Anything else, John? No, I mean, I think. Anything you would have wished we'd have asked you?
0: No, I think. I think you asked it So audience. are you going
1: to come back? Like, was this okay? Yeah,
0: this was fun. I, I like this. I can do this. We I'm going to wear talk- a different dress. <laughs> we didn't talk shopping. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You guys are so, they're just so mean to me about the shopping. Uh, we love you. <laughs>
1: we love you. We really do. We really do. Well, Laura Lynn, thanks for spending a little bit of time with us. I know that, that you're crazy busy. And, uh, but you, you. Man, you dropped some straight up bombs. Yep. Um, today with us. So, hey, thanks again for tuning into the Contacts to Contracts podcast. If you like what you see, don't forget to subscribe, share. And on behalf of John, if there's anything that you need, thanks, Lorelei. We're thanks, always here guys. to Thanks, guys.
0: This was fun.